Good evening, ladies. Begin our retreat with beautiful exposition, adoration, and compliment. I'd like to once again introduce myself. My name is Father Bryce Sibley. I am a priest of the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana. I've been a priest now for about 15 years, and this is my 13th consecutive retreat here at the Sacred Heart Retreat House. So it's always an honor to be here, very thankful. The sisters, for some reason, continue to invite me back. And so we have a theme this year, and the theme is the 500th anniversary of Teresa of Avila's birth, the great foundress of the Discalced Carmelites. And the truth is, I have a bit more knowledge about St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, than Teresa of Avila. So what I've decided to do, because I know a fair bit about her, but not as much as I really wish I did, or at least enough to be able to conduct an in-depth analysis of her thought, what I've chosen to do is take five quotes five brief quotes from Teresa of Avila and use each of these quotes as sort of the the starting point for our five different talks or reflections while we're here. And hopefully we'll be able to see some sort of connection and get to the heart of what the Lord wants us to learn and to gather over the course of this retreat. And so, of course, we have our talks, we have our time for confession, we have our time for prayer and adoration. So important, as I'm sure the sister said, that sense of silence, of maintaining silence throughout the retreat so that we really can allow the Lord to speak to our minds and our hearts. So besides the quotes that we're going to be looking at, I'm going to do my best over the course of these couple of days to also weave in the theme of divine mercy, as we're going to be celebrating the great solemnity of divine mercy this Sunday as we close out the Octor of Easter. And so we'll begin with this first quote, the first sort of theme for our reflection tonight. Teresa of Avila says this, He, meaning God, refuses to force our will. He takes what we give him, but does not give himself wholly until he sees that we are giving ourselves wholly to him. And so we're going to take this time tonight, and I know we're all tired, to explore a little bit of what this means. What it means to give ourselves wholly to God, so in turn that he gives himself wholly holy to us. The first thing that we've got to know and be assured of as Christians, we believe that we as human beings were created for gift. Our whole existence is a gift. If we really think about it, we did nothing to deserve to, to come into being. We did nothing to deserve all the wonderful gifts that the Lord has given to us in our existence. All creation is a gift, and because we are the high point of creation, this this nature of gift is written into our very being. And so Vatican II 
states in one of the more famous quotes, man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. We're going to really find out who we're created to be. We're called to give of ourselves. And that gift of self is really rooted in the fact that we're created in the image and likeness of God. It means that we have a great dignity, but if we know who God is, Father, Son, and Spirit, and the Trinity for all eternity have been giving themselves to each other. If that's the case, and God is gift, and we're created in his image, we're created to give of ourselves. Yes, to each other, but most importantly, we're called to give ourselves wholly to God in Christ. Not part of the gift, not I'm only going to give myself 25%, but we want to give ourselves 100%. Are we going to do it perfectly? No, we're not. But at least we have that intention that we want to give ourselves fully to Jesus. The, the, the great friend of Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, the other great founder of the Discalced Carmelites, he wrote a very famous poem, The Spiritual Canticle, and where he sort of see Christ, who is the bridegroom, speaking to the soul, who is the bride. And in that canticle, the bride speaks to Christ, the bridegroom. I gave myself to him, holding nothing back. And just like in marriage, the bride and the bridegroom give themselves to each other totally, we're called to give ourselves to God wholly, holding nothing back. And so listening to what John of the Cross has to say and sort of situating this idea of gift of self within a love song or a love poem, we realize that yes, gift is ultimately about love. We're called to give ourselves wholly to God because we're called to give out of love. And we know that love is more than a feeling. Love is a choice. But love really, at its heart, is about that complete gift of self. To those whom we love, we want to give of ourselves. Over the course of this retreat, I'm going to probably quote, uh, along with the great Teresa of Avila, another great Teresa, Mother Teresa, who taught us so much about love and so much about giving. She said, love is giving. God loved the world so much that he gave his son. Jesus loved the world so much, loved you, loved me so much that he gave his life. And he wants us to love as he loved. And so now we also give till it hurts. True love is giving and giving until it hurts. We don't like hearing that. We want to give so it feels good. And yes, there's a joy that will come with it, as we'll see. A total gift of self sometimes means giving until it hurts. Giving ourselves fully, imaging Jesus who gave himself fully, and of course, imaging the Trinity the gift of love that exists for all eternity in the Trinity. That's why we can say God is love, because God, Father, Son, and Spirit give themselves to each other fully. So take a moment, though, 
to think of that person. It might be your spouse, it might be your children, it might be one of your friends that you love more than anyone else. That you love more than anyone else. If you think about it, there should be a great desire to give yourself to that person, to show them how much you love them, and you don't count the cost. Now, that person that you really truly love asks you to travel some far distance to bring them something. You'd happily do it. It doesn't matter the sacrifice because you love that person. And when you love someone, as difficult as it may be, it's a tremendous joy to be able to serve that person, to be able to give yourself to that person. We look for opportunities to be able to do that. And so that's, of course, what should animate married love, but this is what should animate our love, our total gift of self to God. And I, as I keep saying, yeah, we're called to love our neighbor in this way, to give ourselves fully. But if we're willing to do that for someone we love who might be related to us or a friend, imagine how much we should be willing to give ourselves to God, who is our creator and who loves us. And so we all have the intention, okay, maybe we want to do this. We want to give ourselves fully. But what is it? It stops us from doing so. It says, well, I can't give myself fully, or I'm only going to give myself partially. What stops that complete gift of self and love to God so that he might give himself back to us? Now, ladies, we can come up with a number of different things that sort of act as obstacles to that total gift of self to God, we're going to focus on five of them tonight. And I think they're important because they're going to be part of our examination of conscience and sort of our meditation as we go into tomorrow and the second day of retreat. So what are some of these obstacles to the total gift of self and love to God? The first is this, and this is going to be a theme that I think comes up a lot during the course of the retreat, is that we tend, in this case, to see our faith or our religion primarily is governed by duty and by laws. You know, I'm a Catholic and I have these rules and these regulations that I have to follow, the Ten Commandments, the laws of the church, and if I don't follow them, I'm sinning and I'm going to go to hell. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have rules and we don't have laws as Christians and Catholics. Absolutely we do. But if that's the end-all, be-all of our faith, then what ends up happening is we can start shooting for the minimum. I want to do just what I need to do so I don't sin. Just what I need to do so that I can get into heaven. There's no desire to go above the minimum, to express ourselves in love. And so what happens is all this duty and these rules and regulations can also tend to make us feel a tremendous burden with the faith. I don't like being Catholic. There are too many rules. It's too difficult. It's a strenuous burden on our shoulders. And so we reject it. Or even more, if this is how we see it, we can come to see our faith as, well, okay, I'm going to pray my rosary, go to Mass, be kind to people, and I'm going to check it off the list, and obviously God then has to, to give me his grace. 
So we don't want to think that that's what Teresa of Avila's quote's about, that if we give ourselves fully and we check everything off, then all of a sudden God's going to have to reciprocate. Faith and following Christ is not a quid pro quo. We don't do something, then God does something. That's not how it's governed. The second thing that really can lie at the heart of why we don't give of ourselves is pretty common sense, is our own selfishness. Our own selfishness in putting ourselves first. Whether it be putting ourselves first or the greed that comes with that and gathering possessions, gathering these different material objects and ultimately putting our trust in them. And say, I have all these things. Look how important I am. Look how good I am. Look how secure I am. And we can also from that begin to say, well, I have a certain right to things. I have a right to these possessions. I have a right to my own health. I have a right to my own well-being in life. Instead of seeing things as a gift, that we really can't claim a right to anything. If we're healthy, it's a gift. We don't have a right to that. It's a gift given to us out of love. And so what happens is in that selfishness, we turn in on ourselves. We're not thankful anymore. We don't recognize things as gift, and therefore we push the Lord away. And so this selfishness is the choice, and ultimately, ladies, is what hell is really like. The choice to say, I don't want to open myself up to God, but I am going to be all about myself. I want to satisfy myself. I know this may sound strange to some of you, but it is in the spiritual life that contraceptive mentality. I'm not going to give myself fully because it's going to inconvenience me. I want my own pleasure. I want my own satisfaction. It ultimately becomes selfish. Number three, and this is very, very true, particularly, I believe, for women, and that is what stops us from giving ourselves fully is a sense of shame, a sense of shame. That we see ourselves is not lovable, or at least is not lovable enough. Maybe it's because of a lack of love from our childhood. Maybe it's because of past abuse. Maybe it's because we have a tendency towards depression. Whatever it might be, these things, we begin to tell lies about ourselves. That we're no good, that we're not unlovable, that God really couldn't love us. And as a result, he really doesn't want our love. And so that shame comes as a root of our own woundedness. And we need that healing, that, that knowledge of Christ's mercy and love so that we see ourselves as lovable and worthy of giving ourselves back to him. Number four, somewhat tied to this, one of the things, the big things that stops us from really giving ourselves in love is sin. And that should be quite obvious. Our own sin holding on to these sinful behaviors or these sins sometimes that become addictions that we don't want to let go. And as a result, we hold on to them and this sin can make our hard, heart very hard, very, very unwilling to allow the Lord's grace to come in to touch us and transform us. But even more, and I see this a lot, to think that our sin, maybe even sins from the past, are somehow unforgivable. We've done something so terrible, we're so ashamed of, God could never forgive us. And it's simply not the case. But we fall into the trap of saying, 
I'm unforgivable, or my sins are too big, or I don't want to let go of my sin, and therefore we refuse God's mercy, refuse Christ's love, and so that we can't give ourselves back to him. And finally, and this is going to be a theme that I think also sort of runs through a lot of what we talk about over our time together, and one of the things that really sort of makes it difficult to give ourselves holy is fear. Is fear. Afraid of what God might ask of us. If we say, yeah, Lord, I'm going to give myself to you fully, he might ask something very inconvenient of us, something very, very difficult, or he might take something away from us. So we're fearful. We're afraid of letting go of control. We like to, to maintain control of our lives, to understand everything, to feel the sense of security, and giving ourselves fully to God so that he can give himself to us, we're going to lose that control. Maybe a lot of us are afraid of the unknown. Fine, Lord, you, you want us to come follow you and give yourself ourselves to you, but what's going to happen? Where are you going to lead me? What's tomorrow going to be like? What's the next day going to be like? What is my life going to be like? It's a fear of the unknown. And ultimately, I think, it really is a fear, though, of being vulnerable. There's a great priest who passed away uh, several months back. His name was Father Lorenzo Albacetti. And he has a beautiful quote. He said, the most radical form of dependence is love. And we say that we love someone, in a certain sense, there's a dependence upon that person. We're connected to them, and therefore we're vulnerable. Because we know we can't do it all of ourselves. We're the whim, as it were, of the beloved. So we don't like to be vulnerable. We like to be strong and in control. And so I'm sure there are other ways or reasons that we don't give ourselves fully to the Lord. But we've got to keep those five in mind and now begin to ask ourselves, what's the solution? Uh, we should all recognize that we don't give ourselves fully to God. We're not fully open to receiving his gift, his love. We realize our own sin, our own brokenness, our own woundedness. What's the solution so that we can give ourselves back fully in love? We can give ourselves wholly in love. The first thing is, and the most important thing, is to remember that, yes, we love and we can love God, but why? Because as the Apostle John tells us in his first letter, because Christ has loved us first. We love and we can love God only because Christ has loved us first. Let's go back to that spiritual canticle from St. John on the Cross. We heard that little passage, I gave myself to him wholly. But, but listen to what the passage comes before. There he... Jesus, the bridegroom, gave me his breasts. There he taught me a sweet and living knowledge, and I, therefore, gave myself to him. It's always going to be God who initiates, the bridegroom who initiates with his love, with his mercy, with, with his grace. And as the beginning of the quote said, he's never going to force us. He's never going to say, I'm going to initiate and you better love me. He does it very gently by loving us first, by giving himself to us. Think of it again in our own lives, someone that we love and how easy it is for us to love someone 
who loves us tremendously. We know that person loves us. We know they want to give themselves to us. We know that we're safe with them. It's easy for us to love back, to open ourselves to that love. Because experiencing that love from someone, whether it be a spouse or a friend or a family member or a whole entire family or a group of friends or a community, when you go to that place and you feel loved, it begins to break down our walls. We're willing to be a little bit more vulnerable and our real selves come forth. It is something that is transformative. We find ourselves wanting to receive that love and wanting to give love back so that we can receive more of the love. We've all experienced that on earth. But if we haven't experienced love, if there's someone who hates us, who I know we're called to love them, but it's very, very difficult to love because we haven't received it first. For a child, it's easy to love their parents because the parents love them first. And it's that love, particularly, let's say, the love of the mother, that opens up a deep awareness in the child to love the mother back, to smile back after seeing the smile of the mother. And so if that's the case, if God is the one who takes the initiative, and we, in experiencing his love, give ourselves back to him fully, The real issue is, if we're not giving ourselves to God fully, if we find it difficult or we find ourselves unwilling to do so, maybe it's because we really have never experienced God's love ourselves. We've experienced the love of the people that we've talked about, and it's easy to love them back. But we've never really experienced God's tremendous love for us. We've never had that transformative encounter with grace or with his divine mercy. And again, the same reasons that we have a hard time giving ourselves to God wholly might be the same reasons that we have not experienced that love. Maybe we've put up walls. Maybe we're shameful. Maybe we're holding on to sin. But I think one of the big reasons is something a little bit different than this is that we may be calling out to experience God's love. Lord, I love you. I I want to know your love. But we don't experience it. We sit in prayer, and it's dry, and it's difficult. And and so like the old song goes, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for some mystical experience in prayer like Teresa of Avila had. And maybe that's quite possible. The Lord can shower shower us with his love. But most of the time, that's not the way the Lord does it. The Lord does it in the exact same way we talked about a few minutes ago. He shows us his love through the love of other people. Our family, our friends, the people in our parish community, the sisters. When we receive love from them, it's really the Lord loving us through them. Just as we say, whenever someone shows us mercy. It's God showing us mercy through them. Whenever a doctor heals us, it's God healing through them. It's the principle of mediation, but we don't see it. We want that direct healing, that direct experience of mercy. But the way the Lord set it up, he wants to share his gifts with us through other people so that we can be the channel of Christ's peace, his love, 
and his mercy, as St. Francis talks about. And so that's the deeper awareness. If we're feeling unlovable, we're feeling that we can't give ourselves to God, we need to be more aware of the people around us who do love us, who show us and act as sort of that conduit of God's love and grace in our lives, which begins to tear down the walls and open up our hearts so that we can love God wholly. So this is what we're going to do in, in sort of closing, ladies. I know we're all very tired here. It, each time that we have at the end of the talk, I, I want to give a little exercise or a little homework. And it's very easy on retreat for our mind to be scattered or for us to say, all right, I've been on retreat for about a day and a half. I don't know what to do now. So at each time, I'm going to give a little homework, a little exercise, things for us to pray about and meditate on and so that we can really see how the Lord guides us. So we're going to have some after each of the talks. So the first and the most important thing is, ladies, I want you to spend some time up until tomorrow morning in our second talk praying and thinking about what is stopping you, what is stopping us from giving ourselves to God fully. You can look at the five things. You can think of other things. You can get very, very specific. What's stopping us from loving God fully? The second thing is, is to sort of meditate. Where are we experiencing God's love? Where is God trying to love us? Through whom or through what situations? But maybe we're not noticing it. Or we're not thankful, or we're not grateful, or we're oblivious to it. Say, Lord, where are you trying to show me your love? Make me uh, tuned into that so that I can receive it. And then third and finally, pray for that grace. Lord, I know you're not going to force me. I want to give myself to you fully. I want to give myself to you wholly, but please give me the grace to be able to do so or to be able to want to do so. Begin moving me gently in that direction. Let's take those three things to prayer, bring them to Jesus, ask the intercession of Teresa of Avila, and we'll come back tomorrow and continue to really look at some of her wisdom that she uh, shares with us as Christians and Catholics. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.